Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Midlife CEO. I am really excited about this episode. In fact, I'm always excited about all of our episodes, but this one in particular, this kind of goes back to the beginning of when I started because the guest I have today is someone who came to one of my first live events. And I guess that's probably now eight years, I think, that we first met. So in the lifetime of, of people in business, it's a long time uh, to know each other and also to say, wow, we've been kicking ass ever since. So I many, many reasons I'm thrilled about this episode for the topic, the person I have here today, and what we're going to be discussing. So I have a special guest. Her name is Nikki Peterkin Morong. And she is the, I don't even know how to express and thank you. She is one of the coolest women that I know. And I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I'm going to just tell you a tiny bit about her first, and then she's going to introduce herself further. She is a certified financial planner, published author and speaker. She works with clients to optimize their revenue and personal income using comprehensive financial planning so that they can more efficiently use their money to truly fund and support their ideal lives. She has a special gift that she'll be giving out later on, but you can learn more about her at peterkinfinancial.com. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have you here. I can't remember. Did we meet at an event and then you came to my event? How did we first cross paths? I don't even know because it feels like I've known you for so long. I feel like we met casually at a networking event and then a friend of mine at the networking event was maybe working with you or had a ticket to your event and was like, let's go to this. It looks awesome. It's in, you know, Rhode Island. Let's, you know, mastermind our businesses and share a room and you know, you know, the the things, the things that you do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And I love it. And the thing that I also love is that I worked for um, a wealth management firm. And so immediately I could connect and I understood what you were doing and, and how you work with people. And I understood the world. So you know, for me, it was like, oh, this is awesome. And I don't know women because I worked for a man, I don't know many women that are doing the work that you're doing and also the work you're doing now, which we're going to dive further into. So, um, so why I really wanted you on the show is because not only are you doing the work with people one-on-one, but you've also developed a way that you're working with people in another group, in a group capacity. So you've expanded your business beyond what you're doing and have been doing one-on-one for clients, which I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that and how that's going and what you're doing with that as well. So, okay, let's talk about this because one of the things that I know that is really important in this conversation about midlife is something that we have talked about several times and you focus on is a big problem for women in particular, because I know you work with men and women, but more let's talk about women. Um, We work really hard to make money in our businesses, right? And then what happens? Um, Let's talk about that. So 
we're strategizing all of this, like figuring out how to get clients, make money. We do it. We start making. And then what happens when the money starts coming in? Yeah. I mean, when the money starts coming in, it kind of like slips through our fingertips. Right. And mm -hmm. this isn't unique to women. It's not unique to women in business, but I think that like being a woman, having all the things to juggle like at home and in business, and then also, um, just like being a business owner, there are all these like, and there are all these like psychological dynamics around like money and emotion and everything. It just gets exacerbated. So like we culturally, everyone, even if you're an employee working for a company and most of us in business have at some point worked for somebody else, you start off where it's like you graduate from college or not, right? And you mm -hmm. start your career and you have this entry-level salary of this entry-level like revenue, right? Like you're making like 20,000 or 30,000 or 50,000. And it's kind of like, you're trying to strategize to like, how do you get to the next level? And some people are like more ambitious. And many of you listening are probably like this, where it's like, okay, you know, yeah, I'm making 45,000, but I better be making a hundred thousand, like two years from now. And you're like mapping out what you want to make, right? Because you're ambitious right. and you're like, I want to be paid my worth and I want to, you know, provide for my family and I want to do all the things, right? We're like, we're probably on this call. Nobody's one of those, like, oh, I guess I'm just going to get my two to 3% raise every year, right? <laughs> right. Um, but so you like, one second you're making 20,000, like when you're working in high school, and then the next second you're making 150,000 and you kind of blinked and you're like, why do I still feel broke? Right. Yes. Like I have, we're still going on vacation, but the vacations are nicer. We still have a roof over our head, but maybe we own that roof or it's in a nicer neighborhood. And we have like two cars in the driveway that are, you know, newer Lexus instead of a used beat up Dodge Neon or whatever. But like our expenses, it's not because we're like buying Fendi or Gucci or like going on crazy, like going away every weekend to, you know, Vegas or Cabo or whatever. You're just living normal life, but somehow, like, even though you've like 10 x your income, you're not really feeling like it. And like, you kind of, to people outside, to like your friends and family and everyone, like you're doing well, you're doing okay. And you have like these trappings of success, but then you're looking at your bank account and you're like, this is it. <laughs> like, is this really it? Especially because when you go from the $30,000 a year job to the $200,000 a year job. It's not like you're just working your same 30 or 40 hours with like the same stress level, the same responsibility. Like you're getting paid more because more is expected of you or because your skill set has gone up and because you're doing all of these things. And so it's the same thing in business. Like nothing's different when you're in business, except in business, instead of showing up to a job and making your, you know, 20 or $30 an hour, you have this like you're expected to be at negative or you're expected to be at like okay i'm making zero for a little bit i have to invest in my business because this is something i own it's an asset i'm growing i'm building a revenue stream all of those things mm -hmm. um and so you're like investing in coaching and resources in your website and your branding and all of this stuff and networking and doing all the things and you look up and you're like wow okay my business is making 50k but like 50K in a business is really like 20K working for somebody else because I have all these expenses and taxes and all this stuff. So how do I get to six figures? And everyone's talking about six figures and you're ambitious and you want to get to six figures and you want, again, because you want to have everything and do everything. And 
you get to six figures and you're like, great, I'm making a hundred thousand, but like, what am I taking home? Exactly. Great, I'm, great, I'm, I made it to 250,000. Now I, I invested in this $40,000 coach. I did all these things. And like, now I'm making 250,000, but like my accountant's saying that I should probably pay myself a salary. And like, I feel like I can't pay, like, <laughs> what, what do you mean a salary? Like, how can I pay myself a thousand dollars every two weeks? Like I pay my VA a thousand dollars every two weeks. But like I need that. Right. Where's it going to come from? <laughs> yeah. So all of this psychological, like part of it's psychological, but part of it's practical is that it's so much work to get to the next client, build the next program, do the marketing, do the everything. And then you're like hiring people to help you, but you are still expected to coordinate everything and you're good at what you do. There's all these other pieces. You don't really have bandwidth because like, what do you care about? You care about your family you care about your friends, you care about whatever. Like I like going to the beach. I like walking my dogs. I like going on vacation. I want to be able to have real vacation and unplug. I don't want to be like reading tax books when I'm on the weekend. I would never want to read one of those. <laughs> like, who's helping me? I know. And, and why, why am I looking at my profit and loss and seeing that I made, you know, $400,000 this year. And I'm wondering if I even kept a hundred of it. Like, yeah really wondering, really wondering, like if I was in corporate, I would have been the person to like put 10% or 15% into my 401k, no questions. I would have like done all the things and now I'm self-employed. And it's like, if my accountant tells me to put $20,000 in my SEP, I'm like, oh my God, every time I get ahead. Right, right, and right. I felt like that too. And so that those are the problems, right? The problems yes. are that everyone talks about like, how do you get to the next revenue bracket? How do I do this and that and this? And it's like, we all know that you can have a million dollar business if you spend $950,000 on Facebook ads and other people's help. But like, how do I keep a hundred or $200,000? Can someone please freaking help me? Um, <laughs> that so. is the secret. That is the thing right there that lots of people don't talk about that you do and why I love this conversation with you. So keep going. Cause you're like really going down a really cool path here. Well, I think so that that's really, that's the problem is that like, you're working hard and it's all, of, it's all of these, it's all of these things. And like every yes. new thing that you do, it's like, so I'm in, so I started off in financial services. I wanted to help people like maximize their money. And I thought maximize their money meant like help them with their investments, help them with like the tax piece of it. But it was like more traditional, like, okay, you know, here are the types of accounts to invest in. Here's where you're invested, et cetera, et cetera. Then I started seeing that I was getting all of these couples where typically the husband was a W-2 employee. The husband usually made 100, 150, 200,000. The wife was self-employed. And the conversations were always like, the husband was relied on to like do the big money moves. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, the wife is like always like drag the wife's business and the wife are always like dragging down like the family's financial stability or security or whatever, because it's like the wife's been working on this business that's supposedly successful. Um, but like she's transferring a thousand dollars a month into the household or $2,000 a month into the household. And then they file their taxes at the end of the year. And then now when they used to get $5,000 back or something, now they owe, you know, $10,000 or $15,000. And it's this whole, like, I'm asking to look at the profit and loss of the wife. And it's like, 
it's, it's the stuff that we just talked about. It's like, whoa, you've really grown your business so much. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, I have all of these expenses and these are all necessary expenses. So I started thinking like, I'm looking at these profit and loss statements and I'm thinking about my own situation. And I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur too. Like I'm single at the time I was single. I'm making all this money. I'm feeling like I'm struggling to keep it too. And I'm a financial advisor. So it's like, yeah, if I can manage to figure out, find the money, I can invest it and I can do the right things. But like when you have, you know, $350,000 running through your fingertips and you're barely putting like $6,000 or $10,000 into your retirement account and your checking account is like fluctuating like crazy and you're like stressed out all the time about money and like the timing of client payments and whether or not you can afford something in your business, it's really freaking stressful. And I was like, I this is normal, right? So like, I don't feel like I'm a loser because I'm looking at people... I, at the time, I think I was making three hundred and fifty or four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I was looking at other people's profit and losses that said that they were making six hundred thousand or six hundred and fifty thousand or seven hundred thousand, but they had more employees and more overhead, and they were taking home maybe less money than me. So I was like, this isn't a me thing, but like, why is this okay? And how long is this okay for? And is this going to be like this like endless cycle of broke, or is this going to somehow like at what point? what amount of money do I have to make for this to change? And I just started realizing like, it's really not the amount of money. It's like, I need to come up with a system so that I'm treating my revenue like I'm self-employed somehow. And I don't really know how to do this because there are all these different pieces. Yeah. So I just started like reading a ton of like business, self-help, whatever. But instead of like, the mindset stuff, which is like, yeah, that's all well. And I mean, Jeannie, you know, yeah, me. I know. I'm not really no. a mindset person, but I was reading all of that kind of like, you are a badass and whatever. And I'm like, I know I'm a badass. I don't care. How do I keep my money? I don't care. How do I keep my money I'm as a badass? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, do less, uh, all of the things. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So, so anyway, so the bottom line is in, um, 2016, I hired a coach that was actually in the financial industry that was like teaching people how to have like teaching financial planners, how to have more of like a lifestyle business. And as part of setting up, like, what does my lifestyle business look like? What do I want to make? I actually put like, what do I want to make? What do I want to take home? How much money do I want to be putting into retirement? What are my expenses? Like I actually like constructed like not only an ideal week or an ideal month, which is what people tend to do. Like, how many clients do you want? And what do you want to charge them? It's like, well, how much do I want to make? How much do I want to be able to spend on what? Blah, blah, blah. And I made this kind of like, not really a vision board, but like uh, my goals, my like five-year plan and goals. And at the time I was dating my husband and I saw that he was like so burnt out. I'd gotten to the point where like I had balance in my business, even though I didn't have, the financial uh, stability that I wanted in my business in terms of like steady paycheck and all of that. Um, I was like taking Fridays off. I could take a month off at a time without my business blowing up. I was growing my business every year by 20% or more. I had all of these like check boxes, but my husband was like going to work as a teacher, super burnt out. I could tell that he was working because he had like committed to this career. He paid for the masters. He did all of those things. 
And I just wrote on my um, goals that I wanted to be able to like make work optional for him. Like I wanted him to be able to work because he wanted to, not because he had to. So it was like, okay, one of my goals is like retire Bobby. How the heck would I retire Bobby when he makes close to a hundred thousand dollars a year? He has a pension. He has all these great health benefits. Like, so, okay. So if we're together and like, we want kids and we want all of these things in the future, like how do I pay for all of that stuff and not have us be living in like a hovel because I didn't want to sacrifice the quality of lifestyle. I want to be able to like get on a plane and take my kids to Paris and like walk around. Like I wanted yeah. to do all the same things, but I wanted to be able to pay for it with no financial stress. That was like the key. And so all of my work around planning my like business and my financial systems were around that. And mm -hmm. he just, He's retired now like he just retired last year um so the bottom line is like it worked it didn't work like overnight but i started right. putting things in place where it was like okay what do i need to do so that every single time his paycheck comes in we pretend it doesn't exist like how do i reverse engineer this and make it practically work and what's right. the piece of my system do i need to tweak and so like that's what i'm teaching now in my group program is like here's the exact systems i use here's the exact templates i use here are the conversations you should be having with your accountant your estate planning attorney your whoever else your spouse here's how to budget in a way that like works and doesn't take an hour a week and this is this is how i do money and like this is how i'm maxing out all my retirement accounts right now and paying for health insurance and doing all of these things and like this is how i'm going to be able to retire by the time i'm 40 if i want to and like yeah. all of those things all those things nikki there's so many things that i want to point to in this this is a really rich conversation in several different ways and it's funny because we're talking about money and we're talking about rich you know, you, and I'm going to break down a couple of things. The first thing is um, there's a lot of shame in, you know, in some of this in money conversations, especially when we're working really, really hard. Right. And one of the things I really like about you is that you take that out. You know, it's like you pull that out of the equation because, you know, let's face it, it's hard to grow a business and we're proud of ourselves for the work that we're doing to put in into it, but it's hard to make decisions too, in something that we're not, that's, that's sometimes new to us, you know, like I remember working for many employers and it was like, okay, you're going to put money into a 401k and you have this amount of money you can put into it and you're going to have a life insurance policy. And it was like, decisions could be made for me. Right. And then because we're talking mostly to entrepreneurs here who are listening to this, there's a lot of decisions that we need to be making. And we think we're going down this path of like, okay, we made this amazing decision for our branding. We made this amazing decision to create this program and to go out there and to do these things for our business, for our growth. But then there's the shame that can come from, I made these investments or I don't understand how to make these financial decisions or put money aside. And so what ends up happening is those things don't get talked about openly. And I know, you, do you know where I'm going with this? Like, I feel like there's there's like all this discussion about, look at me, I'm making this, or I'm at this number. And here's my fabulous not life and my fantastic purse and you know all that kind of stuff. But behind the scenes, there might be chaos and there might be shame and there might be lack of knowledge as to what to do. You, you take that away in your work with business owners, right? Like the shame, what to do, how to make better decisions. 
and make it really comfortable <laughs> in yeah. a sense to do it. I mean, I try to like, that's the thing, right? Is like, you try to, you try to say like, there shouldn't be any charge to this, right? Like there is charge to it. That's okay. But like really and truly take the emotion out of it. Take the, what you think it says about you out of it, what your current financial situation says about you out of it. Mm -hmm. yes. And like, let's look at the possibility because yes, a lot of decisions are made for us when we work for companies. It's like, if they have crappy health insurance or good health insurance, you just take it. If they have, yeah, a life insurance policy and it costs this, you just take it. If you have, you know, a 401k with no match, you just take it. Like yeah. you're in business for yourself. And although that's really, really overwhelming because you can feel like it's so easy to make the wrong decision, you can make any decision you want. You can pick from like 50 different health insurance plans like that actually work for you. You can do, yes. you can pay for it pre-tax on your business. You can set up whatever kind of retirement account that you can that you want, that you can use at whatever age you want. You can put your kids on the payroll. You can have your kids set up for retirement. Like whatever your story is right now, whatever the like truth has been up until now. Yes, exactly. You can change it right now nobody can make like nobody's forcing those decisions mm -hmm. and the thing is is that we're if you don't like do this holistically and look at everything and take control of everything and say like okay what are really all the pieces of my financial plan and how do i make it so that i have enough emergency cushion so that i'm empowered to invest mm -hmm. and so that i understand so that i'm not feeling scared by the market or so that i'm not feeling like i can't like buy my office space if I want to or whatever. Like how do we set ourselves up so that we have a good foundation so that we can do these things? Um, ugh, I just lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna jump in on this because there's a couple of things I want to go into here. Oh, wait, wait. Go ahead. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say, but part of the problem is, is that we are giving up our power and we are still having other people make decisions because what we tend to do is we tend to, and I was doing this too, which is how I know that it's a, I, I did this, is like, I have a CPA, right? And now my business is growing and I'm asking my CPA questions, but I kind of feel stupid and I don't really know if I should be asking or not asking. And I don't really know if I'm the small fish or the big fish or paying them enough or whatever. And it's like, we have people who are like, oh, you should pay yourself this salary oh, you should do this. You should set up this kind of account. And it's so easy to let other people tell us what to do in our business that we just do it. And we're like, okay, I'm the expert in my business. Everything else I'm going to kind of delegate. And we like half-assed delegate it. And then that's where we run into problems. It's like, you are making decisions either by not making a full well thought out decision or by just like taking other people's advice not well vetted advice when they don't see the whole picture and just saying like, okay, check, I did that. Um, I can blame them later if it doesn't work out. And it's like, we need to kind of like take, take the power back and like say like, I'm architecting this plan and like, I need people to come alongside me and like help like subcontract things, but like I'm yeah. in charge and I am fully empowered. Like I'm smart enough to be able to orchestrate this and here's gonna be the outcome. I, and I, this is sort of along the same lines of where you were going, where I'm looking at is too, is, you know, there's, it's like you have the baseline, right? Like we all know we need to have certain things. We, we want to put money into retirement. We want to have our benefits. We want to have those things. And it goes beyond that. And so it's, it's becoming more informed. It's taking the shame out of all of this. It's being prepared and looking at and starting to ask the right questions and not just saying, okay, I've got health insurance, right? Or like, 
but there's something beyond that. So like, because of my experience and working in health insurance and employee benefits and all that for so many years, I know more, I'm informed because of my past work that I know, oh, well, wait a minute, there are ways you can, you know, you can, you can choose different policies. You don't have to have the policy that you might've had before. There's so many more things that you can be thinking about. And it's not just saying, let's check the box. Like I'm putting some money in, or I'm beginning to pay for myself, or I have an employee, or I have health insurance benefits. It's like, it's, those are surface and then going beyond that and becoming more of a decision maker and having someone help guide these decisions that allow you to free up more money for the things that you want, which is like what you were just talking about, right? You and your husband have made the big decision of him retiring and you and, and you moving him to that. And, but there were a lot of decisions that needed to be made before he could stop working, right? You had to plan, you had to strategize, you had to think. And this is what I like about your work is it's not just surface. It's, we're going to ask detailed questions to get to what is going to help you bring, like have more money that can allow you to have the life that you actually say that you want, <laughs> right? But then there's also another piece of this, like, and I think that you help people do this is you actually help them get clear about what it is that they really want in their life. So then they can start making decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that part of it is that there's like this fear about saying what you really want, or like, there's this fear that if you like put on paper, what you really want, you're not going to be able to get it. So it right. just ends up being like, oh, well, I'm not really sure. Or like, oh, well, I don't really, like we say these things that like, I don't know if are fully true. Like, oh, well, I could do, I could do my business forever. I'm in a brain business. I could re really be coaching and consulting forever. I could be selling houses forever. So I don't really care about retirement or I don't really need retirement. It's like, I don't know anyone who wouldn't have, want to have a million dollars in the bank or $2 million in the bank. Right. Either way, right? Like if I don't want to work, right. <laughs> If you, it's right. a choice though, right? It's not necessarily because you have to, or you're saying it because it might be that underneath you are not prepared, right? Yeah. And I think that that's what it is. Like I hear that a lot. It's like, oh, well, I'm just going to sell my business. So I don't really need to like save or invest or do things a different yeah. way. And it's like, first of all, if you even can sell your business, I'm not going to address whether or not you can sell your business. Let's not even like go into that. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah. you want to be able to have to sell your business for a certain price? Or do you want to be able to do whatever the heck that you want, when, regardless of what your business sells for, or whether or not it does sell? So yeah. I think that like, something that I've kind of let go of. And it's like a perfectionist thing is like, I used to like, I used to not write with pen. This is like so stupid. Like I used to not write with pen because then I couldn't erase it. And then I'd be like, well, what if I read this in like three months and that's stupid or I, or I changed my oh. mind or I didn't achieve something. Um, but so, but one of the things on my vision board when I was like architecting my ideal life was like, oh, I want to be bi-coastal and I want to have like a property on the East coast and a property on the West coast. And I want like one of them to be a rental property. And I want one of them to be like our primary, but I, I was very clear, like, I want to be able to purchase two houses and does that even really matter? No, it doesn't matter. But I had in my head that like success, if I reach this goal is that I own two more properties Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. And now it's like, I'm thinking of selling my current house. Like now I'm like, I, I, 
that's all well and good that that's what I thought I wanted. But now mm -hmm. I'm like, I would rather have a landlord. Like I'd rather like rent an amazing house that I love that I don't have to fix one thing in. Like, I would rather have enough money right. where I can just rent what I want. I can up and move. I have mobility. I have flexibility. I'm like, I'm actually sick of being a landlord now. My rental property is super, super profitable. It cash flows really well. It's hard to let go of that because yeah. of the psychology of like, this was such a good financial investment. But it's like, when I think of the life that I really want, the life I really want is to be able to like walk out my door and have my feet in the sand and like be able to like live on the water and like do what I want when I want. And that might involve living in California, but it doesn't mean that I have to tie up, you know, 250,000 plus a mortgage in a house there. Right, exactly. And so I think like part of the goal setting is like when you ask people what they really want, like, what are you planning for? It's like, well, I really don't know. I really don't know. And it's like, just put something on paper. Like today, if you thought about today, where you'd want to be in three years or five years, like, what would you be eating? What would you be drinking? Mm -hmm. Who would you be spending time with? Where would you be shopping? What would you, where do you live? What do you do? And if that changes when you reassess a year from now, who cares? Your money <laughs> should be working towards some kind of piece of yeah. that. But if you decide to rent versus own and it frees up extra cash, who the heck cares? I love this so much because I'm so much like this. You know, I I was a pen person who <laughs> I was a pencil person who wouldn't use pen, and now I use pen. And actually, I I like it because what I do is I know that that can change, mm -hmm. but it's for right now, and it's the dream for this period of time. And also, the other thing was for a while, my dream was so different. Like I I had thought, well, we're going to have two properties, and we're going to own another place, another spot. But one of the things that we did purposely is, um, you know, so my husband's business, he has business, I have a business, obviously, and I can be anywhere and work anywhere that I want, but he does need to be because it's seasonal where he, um, in his work, and he does need to be by the coast and where we are. And, and it's important that for at least six months of the year, we're, we're right where we are. And so in my mind, I kept thinking for years, oh, we're going to sell this house, or we're going to have another house in another spot, and we're going to move to, you know, we're going to be in both these locations. And then we decided that what we would do is we would try living someplace else for experience and a little bit further, like an extended period of time to see how we liked it. And we rented a property and it was like, okay, so we like this. We don't want to own this. We would come back again in the future and we probably would do this for a month, but where else will we go during that six month down period or that five month down period, because we want to go someplace else. And so in my mind, I went back and I thought it used to be this. Now it's this. Now I know that I want to be able to go like for me, it's important. I want to go to Europe again and I want to be able to travel and spend some time there. And he wants to be able to keep skiing. And we do. We, we love to ski. We love to be it, like by a coast and in warmth. And I would love to go to Europe. So how do I make sure all of those things happen if I own another home and I'm committed to that other home? I'm going to feel not only like. I have to figure out how to split my time. I'm gonna have even more responsibility and it's going to not allow me to have some of the finances that I might want to do some of the other things that are important in my life. So it's having those conversations, it's talking them through with someone to help you get clear is so important as you begin making money so that all those other things, right? Like um, how you're spending your money, it gets easier to make 
decisions as opposed to, well, this is what I've done and this is the pattern that I've created. I don't feel like we should dwell on the past. Let's move into the future. Do you feel like that? Like, cause you plan, you, pl you are a planner. Yeah, I am a planner, but I think that like flexibility is important and not being like a prisoner prisoner to your plan is important. And I yes. think that like part of the issue is that none of us live in a bubble. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of, I know everyone is like, COVID sucks, this is the worst year ever. But like in some ways this has been like the best year ever for like for us, for my family. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that's been really nice is that like we are kind of in a bubble. So we last year, like when COVID first started and everything started going remote, I was like, oh, I don't want to be in the city anymore. Like part of the benefit of us living where we live is that we can like get into Boston in 15 minutes, go out to dinner, do all these things, the things that we want to do now, not that we don't love where we live, but like the things that we want to do now aren't possible. So like, let's rent an Airbnb up in like Northern Maine on the lake and like, let's live at a lake house for like two or three months. So like mm -hmm. we lived at the lake house for two or three months and then we came back and then we're like, maybe we want to buy a lake house. And we like went down the whole path of like, what does it look like if we buy a lake house? Are we renting it out when we're not using it? How often are we actually using it? Are we actually strapped to it? Blah, 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 blah. And then literally right before we went to California for the winter, this mm -hmm. last couple of months, we drove up like four hours in Maine, saw a lake house, got a pre-approval, almost bought the stupid lake house. Oh, no. And then we just had this crisis of like, why are we buying a lake house? And it really, all of these conversations between me and my husband were like, we're, we're brainwashed. Like we're freaking brainwashed is like, Mm -hmm. we're brainwashed in that like there are some things that are smart to do and it's like that ooh ah of like yes. oh home ownership is always a good idea like doing do like checking the boxes like buying like a primary residence that looks like this in this location is like a good idea and like all these things are a good idea and it's like when you go back to reality people people like oh you're living in california for like three months like that's nice are you on vacation or are you working we're like we're just living here we're working oh must be nice like you have all of like other people's ideas yeah. of what is or isn't a good investment is or isn't financially sound is or isn't like what you should want to do with your life and with your business mm -hmm. like it's like when you're at a networking event and somebody's like oh um your business, like how many employees do you have? When I used to have two employees, like a full-time salaried employee and then a part-time salaried employee with benefits. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I have two employees. Like there's three of us and people would be like, whoa, like if you say, if, if now I'm like, oh, it's just me. I just have like some virtual assistants and like some other people. Then they're like, oh, like you don't have a successful business. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do know what you're saying. I think <laughs> some of it is that like, as you're like crafting and building the life that you want, you have to be able to block out all the noise of other people. And like during a pandemic, it's easier to block out the noise of other people, but in real life, it's really hard because as you're going through life and you're thinking about things, you hear from other people like, oh, you should really have 
oh, all your money is tied up in your business or you have some money in the stock market, you should get a rental property or you should like do this like syndicated real estate offering or you should do something else. Like you see all like the buzzy stuff that everyone's doing. You should buy Bitcoin or Dogecoin. You should do- Yes, you should, you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're talking about what you really want to do. And then you have people who it's like, you don't know what their bank accounts look like. You don't know what their financial situation looks like. You don't even know what their perspective of what your situation is. And they're giving you all of this like, unsolicited advice and like microaggressions isn't the right word but like you can see what people think about what you're saying when you're saying it and it's just like it makes it so hard to just like make these decisions because we all know that like we have to live with the repercussions of whatever decisions that we make but other people weigh really heavily into the decisions that we ultimately make. And that really does have a negative impact on our personal finances and on our business finances, like other people's perceptions of like, whether you're not spending money on something because you're cheap or not, or whether you're not buying a home because you can't afford to, or it's because you want the extra money in the bank. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Nikki, there's two things I want to say on this. One is that, um, one of the happiest times that we had when we were first together was we lived in a really cute apartment in Newport and I loved it. It was close. It was walking distance to everything we wanted. It was tiny, but it was really, really cute. And we'd been married for a little bit and um, everyone said to us, it's time to buy a house. (laughs) Right. And it was like, well, I love it here. And, you know, here's the thing. It was 35 minutes for me to get to work. Um, it had everything that I wanted, like within walking distance, the shops, the restaurants, like everything. It had the second bedroom. It like it had like everything in an apartment. But we felt that pressure. Like we're supposed to now, because we're having a baby, we're supposed to have a house. So we moved out of that place and 20 minutes out into this cute little area in the suburbs. And I have to tell you the first year I hated every single moment. And, and it was for many reasons. One, I loved the convenience of where we used to live. I loved what we had. I loved that we had like a life there. I loved that I had an easy commute. I knew my place, like everything in that year was hard. And, you know, this is many years ago, but I look back on that and keep thinking, you know, people tell you what they think is best. And I still know, like, we're still in the same home and we could have upscaled, we could move into another home. I'm like, this is fine right now. We may move again back into Newport. Maybe we'll even rent a place again, who knows? But the point I'm getting at is I fell into that and I was miserable. The other thing is there's this thing that happens in business and you and I as entrepreneurs, as we're scaling to six figures, as we're moving into multiple six, as we're moving into seven, we're looking around and we're seeing all this marketing and all these people and we're in these communities or we're outside of, you know, we're peering at marketing and ads and all of that. And there's this messaging that goes on about you know, you're going to have this magical life when you make this money. And it's sometimes represented in, you know, like, uh, I I don't know, like material things, right? Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time sometimes with that because I'm more about like the lifestyle, meaning the lifestyle that's rich with the people that I want to spend my time with and the things that I want to do. So I guess I've been conditioned to sort of like not 
absorb that anymore, but I, but I see that and it doesn't help, especially when people are trying to grow their business, because it's almost like this image of you're supposed to be working towards these things. But what's not necessarily always shown is what's happened behind the scenes or what's going on behind the scenes. Do you want to say anything about that or any, do you have any feeling yeah, about that at I all? Mean, I, I think, I think this is something that my husband and I talk about all the time now because it's pervasive. It's like, and I get, I don't have any problem with people like posting their whole lives and everything perfect on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. What I try to do is whenever I hear somebody say something or whenever I read something and I'm like, whoa, like that's really impressive. I try to deconstruct, literally, it's like almost second nature now. Mm -hmm. I try to deconstruct like, well, what would it take for me to actually do that? Like, what is this person probably giving up because they are doing or having these things? And I try to just like weigh in the practical because it's like, there's a coach that I follow who, um, she was like doing a recording about how like, now that there's the pandemic and she just had a baby recently and blah, 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 she's moving to Florida and like they're buying like a million dollar home in Florida and like there's like glass all in the back and like this is like their dream house and her husband like gets to retire from his job because, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. he's going to quit his job and like they don't know if he's going to go back to work or not or whatever. And she's like, this is so cool that like I have a million dollar business and you know, I get to like pay for my house and I like wrote a check for the down payment and all that stuff. And that stuff is really cool and it's aspirational. It but then I think about it and I'm like, Florida's really cheap. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to like talk shit about her like no, life situation, but it's like, if I could buy a million dollar house, it would not be in Florida. It would probably be like a million dollar like condo or cottage in like California on the water if it's like apples, apples, right? And like, you think about like, the property taxes, the insurance, the, all of these things. And it's yes. like, if you want that lifestyle, that is fine. But like, I try to keep in mind that like, nobody ever knows the full story yes. of anything. And so even when I'm talking to like, oh, so me and my husband, um, bought a bunch of stocks last year. I shouldn't even be talking about this because people are going to be like, oh, financial advisor, stock picking, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So we bought a bunch of stocks last year. We just like dumped some money and we were like, okay, this is money that we're just going to like buy individual stocks. The rest of our portfolio is passive. That's fine. This is just like fun stuff that we're going to do together. And we literally just like what we bought and the timing of it and ongoing, we're in the middle of a bull market. We ended up like investing like 30,000 and like it went up to like 70 or 80,000. And we were like, okay, Obviously, you can't consistently double your money every single year, blah, 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 like by stock picking. But like, we'd like talk to his dad and say like, oh, our weed stocks like just like doubled or like I bought plug power and it went from like $8 to $40 or whatever. So you have these like, yeah, I had like a 400% return on one of my stocks. But like the stock that I had a 400% return on, 400% return meant like $1,000 on that. dollars <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. gonna change your life. Right, 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 right. No, of course not. And so yeah. it's these things of like these people being like, well, I bought GameStop at this and then it turned into that. The other side of the coin is, is that I literally just made a retirement contribution to that account of $15,000 like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And my total balance went down $3,000 after I put that 15 grand in. So it's like $8,000 just disappeared in one day. And right. me and Bobby were like, 
yeah, like, am I going to go like shout from the rooftops that like 18,000 just disappeared from our investment account? No. Does it change that we were up 40 grand like a couple months ago? No, both things are true, but like you see like snapshots of what's going on for people. And mm -hmm. I just try to like keep that into perspective of like, my view is the long view, which is like, how do I want to live every single day? What do I want to experience? How do I like make it so that like this life, like my dad died really young. That's like part of my story of why I got into financial planning is like my dad died at 47. He just like was a workaholic went to sleep one night, didn't wake up the next morning, was not sick, nothing was wrong. He was like midlife and he was always like, work hard today so you can enjoy it tomorrow. I'm 33 or I'm turning 33 in June. I don't want to work hard today so I can enjoy it tomorrow. I wanna have balance so that I have money tomorrow and later, but I wanna be able to like really live life now. And if living life now means that I live in this kind of house instead of that kind of house, or we buy Celtic season tickets, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. instead of having a vacation home or whatever, it's all like opportunity cost. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. I just try to like keep that into perspective. And that's part of the reason why I made next level profits, my group program, a 12 month group program. I'm not trying to like, no, but this is part of what we, we talk about. This is, this is an important thing. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to something that I think is really important is we see a lot, right? We see this in the marketing and stuff like that. And it, exactly what you said, there's two sides, right? So there's what we see. And sometimes that can be dangerous for the person that's watching it because it, you can buy into that and think, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be trying to aspire to. Right? But, but it's important to know what goes into it because there's another side to the story of what does that cost? And when you are living in a, a certain place or when you want to have those kinds of things and if that's important to you. So this is how that level profits is really important is because it allows you to say if that if it is important to you and you do feel inspired by someone or you think this is kind of what I want in my life, like I, I want to move to a beautiful coast and I want to be able to have the mil million dollar home or I want to have these types of things in my life or experiences in my life, what is that going to what is that going to take in order to have that happen and how do i make sure that i am not I, I, I like i'm taking care of myself and i'm taking care of my future in those decisions when i start to see that as the vision that i want and that's what next level profits is really also helping it's bridging the gap between this is my dream and this is how to make this a reality am i right in, in saying that yeah. Yeah. So next level profits, like I wanted to, initially I wanted to teach people, like, how did I build everything? Like everything from like mapping out my ideal life and business to like figuring out my expenses to my prof to my process around like check-ins and managing and being able to pivot and all of those kind of things, the con like the conversations with your accountant, like how to invest, what different accounts, like it's a lot of it is just like setting up the structure and they like, anyone could have just like bought a course. I could have just like sold it as a course. Right. And had it be self-paced and work through it. But I was like, part of the problem is, is that sometimes as a business owner, like what you need is just like a general awareness of, of topics. And when I'm working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, and it's like this, when you work with an accountant or like any other kind of expert too, is like, they're understanding your situation and they're diagnosing, you did this with coaching Jeannie, like you're diagnosing like a situation right there and giving them what they need. And what I need right now might not be what I need like three months later. Also yeah. what I need right now 
is dependent on what I'm sharing with you that I want. And like, I might want something else had I just known about it. So right. I was like, I want to do something where it's like 12 months, I can like, people can do the system self-paced and like set up their finances, how I set them up and like have all the stuff that I did. But then I want to be able to like do like ongoing, like, let me float this information to you about like more advanced tax planning. Let me float this information to you about like creating recurring income. Let me float this information to you about, you know, estate planning and how your business factors into that. And then let me like create this as a container so that you have other people in the group. You can get my eyes on your profit and loss. You can get my eyes on the business. Like I didn't want it to be just like set this up and then what, because I felt like it was so important that people could like come to a Q and a call and say like, my accountant said that I should put this much in my SEP and this much in my husband's SEP. This is a question that was on our call yesterday. One of my mm -hmm. uh, students in Next Level Profit said, my accountant told me to set up a SEP. I'm thinking I'm going to open it here. Like, how how do I, how should I do this? And like, if I want to do less or more, what does that look like? And like, we just worked through, she got to share her exact situation. We kind of worked through it and she had specific language to go back to her accountant with mm -hmm. and to like, and I was like, if you want to open the account and you need help trading or like buying what you need to buy in that account so that it's not sitting in cash, let me know. We can go live on Facebook because I'm sure other people in the group want to see how to like buy the funds or you can bring it to the next Q&A call and share your screen and I'll help you walk step-by-step. Step. Like, how do you research these funds? Yep. It's like, right. that's the stuff that you can't get, but you need, and you need it when you need it. And you don't yes. want to pay somebody $300 an hour to show you something stupid. But if you don't pay somebody that, or you don't find <laughs> the right person, right. then you just don't do it. And you right. need to do it. <laughs> but it's also part of what you're doing is you're educating the entire time because all the questions that are coming up in your program are things that people should be asking and, and can learn from. And sometimes what happens, and I've seen this in my own coaching programs is someone will say, oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's something I need to be paying attention to. And so it's great that you can also kind of give direction. Like this isn't really what you need to be thinking about right now, or this is another way of thinking about it. And I can help you through that. The other thing that I want to point to is this. You've grown a very successful business you've done very, very well, and you've done it in, you know, over the course of several years here, but you also reached a point, And I think that, you know, we've done separate work together on this and talk through this is that you've reached a point where you're like, I really want to be able to work more, with more people, but I can't do all of this one-on-one. -on -one. Putting this program in and being, is allowing you to have that in your business now as another stream of income. But not just so that it's making money in your business, which of course it is, but it's allowing you to say, I can work with people and support more people and I don't have to do it one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. So I love that you have it in your business and that you get to do this. So me too. I know. Fantastic. I think that like I was resisting doing something like this because I hear all this stuff about like multiple income streams, multiple income streams. And it's like, I don't think... I get diversification, but you don't need to have like three different programs or multiple different businesses or rental real estate or whatever. It's like, if you just manage to figure out how to find enough money to invest every month. And I try not to like be so heavy on investing, but it is such an important component of like actually growing your money in a way that's like yes. no headache, right? right? Like I have tenants. If something goes wrong, if the hot water heater breaks, they text me. Like my stocks don't text me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, That'd be interesting if they did. <laughs> so it's like, if you can figure out like, 
a hundred thousand dollar portfolio can give you five hundred five thousand dollars a year in like recurring revenue like that is an income stream that you can turn on whenever you want so it's like just getting your shit together enough to invest can be an income stream you don't need to like doing a course or a group program is a lot of freaking work so i was like trying to resist it but it's like it is so fun and it's so cool to see like where people are in their business and what they're looking, you know, what they're looking at and like how they're like, okay, I want to teach my kids about money. How should I do that? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't realize that I can pay them. And oh, I didn't realize that I can set up a retirement account for them and invest for them. And like, they can, I can pay them on payroll and they can pay their way on family vacation. Like my eight-year-old pay their own way on right. family vacation. Like stuff like that is really, really yeah. cool. And like, so good. It's fun for me to see that I don't have kids. I mean, I'm going to have a kid soon, but I don't have kids <laughs> now. Right in the moment. Yeah. But it's aspir like it's cool to see like behind the curtain instead of just like people, again, like people's like highlight reels where you don't really know what they're doing. No, it's so good. And you get to go in a deeper level and work with more people and they learn from each other through this too. So a couple quick things. We're going to wrap up soon. I, we've t covered a ton in this and everyone, there's so much more to learn from Nikki. Uh, I mean, really, I'm not sure how many words you've gotten in. I think we could probably count them. <laughs> I'd love to find out because I love listening to you speak and you have so much to say every time I, I learn something from you all the time. So thank you for having a lot of words in this episode, but behind the words is, is brilliance and strategy. And I just really appreciate every moment with you. Um, I want everyone to know there's going to be a link below. So how you can contact Nikki directly, find out more about her work and Next Level Profits. But you can get started with a free gift. Um, it's find10k.biz. The gift is find an extra 10K in your business. And it's her free guide to take home an extra five figures in 2021 without needing to earn another penny. So I love this. And um, the link will be below. So thank you for that free gift, Nikki. Um, quick question. Anything you're reading right now that you're enjoying, personal or business? Uh, me and my husband are actually listening to Moby Dick on tape. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Not exactly the uh, what you're probably expecting. Um, but see, this is cool. I like that. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. And how about, is there any mentor, anyone or someone like a role model or someone you can think of that you say, you know, they've really kicked ass at midlife or they've done very well in business or they're taking great care of themselves or they did, or they're sort of my role model. Is there anyone that you can think of that comes to mind? I'm not trying to kiss your ass, <laughs> but I've been, no. I really have been watching what you've been doing in your midlife CEO group and like sharing like your health journey and not just your business journey and being really, really authentic. And I think that that's really cool. Like, I don't think that there's enough of that. I think people tend to like hide the personal, like challenge, struggle, all of that. And just kind of say like, but here's where I'm being great. Here's where I'm being great. And like, I, yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that and think that that's really cool. So I feel like you Aww. inspire me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it is a journey and it's something that I really want other women to understand that it's a part of being able to take care of themselves in business because it's not just about making money. It's about, okay, I'm going to make really great money and I'm going to understand how to invest and <laughs> make sure I'm taking care of the money that's coming in. But how can I also perform? And I made a lot of mistakes in that, like I wasn't taking good care of myself for a long time. And 
how could I possibly keep going down the path of growing my business if I wasn't taking care of myself? So I do think it's important for people to understand that that's a part of the equation. So thank you for saying. Um, I really appreciate having you here. I'm so excited for everybody to listen to this episode, download it, keep listening to this, many golden nuggets, get to know Nikki, please. And uh, for everybody who's not currently in my Midlife CEO Facebook group, you can learn more about me, what I'm doing, all of the different types of things that I have, separate conversations as well about growing your business and scaling further to six figures and beyond. It happens in the Midlife CEO, and that is geniespyro.com forward slash CEO. So make sure to go over there and check that out. Thanks again for being with us, Nikki. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.